11 million jobs available in the U.S., with 7 million able-bodied men out of work, working at Twitter, socialism, the college lie, and families in America. How does it all add up? All that and more on this episode of I'm Not Famous. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, this show, I'm going to focus on sort of how the job market has changed over the years, or even sort of people's work ethic and just how they how they think of what a job is and what what is owed to them and what they owe to the job. And uh, yeah, just the workforce in general and how that's changed. Certainly, COVID, uh, like everything, uh, COVID has affected a lot of things, but I don't think it's just that. But certainly can't discount that a worldwide pandemic has certainly affected people's mentality when it comes to, you know, finding and choosing a job for their for their whole life. And uh, the first sort of topic is an interesting one, and it's an interesting statistic for the U.S. Now, I, I live in Australia. I've been in Australia for quite a few years, and I suppose I've been able to look at America from the outside a bit. And it hasn't changed my views at all as far as the ideals of America and what I think are honestly, again, very dismissed lately and discounted. And, you know, there's so many people that just focus on the strangest things rather than trying to see what it is that the American dream still stands for and is still very possible. And all, again, written and conceived by men and women long ago who were all ahead of their time. God knows we want to cancel everyone. You got to cancel all white males through all of history. Well, you know, that's going to discount and destroy a lot of how the world runs today. I'm sorry, because there are people throughout history who were well ahead of their time in what they believed and what they thought and the things they conceived. And they happen to live in a time where all people weren't perfect and maybe including them. God forbid, you know, you're more perfect than they are. That's, again, this whole cancel culture thing drives me nuts. They're the first to throw stones, but, you know, they're the ones living in glass houses. Really just pathetic. It's like everyone has forgotten just <laughs> basic common sense morality that, that, first of all, is to just not judge others. Anyway, not to get off on that tangent, but the point is, is, you know, again, the, the ideals that America was founded on uh, were away ahead of their time and to this day are still ahead of their time compared to most other countries. Again, I think a lot of Americans are really, uh, they're really lucky because they come from a place, especially the ones who are there complaining. <laughs> they, they live in a country where they're allowed to complain and talk shit about their own country. Try that in China, my friend. Good, good job. Good luck there. You know what I mean? They really are, a lot of them, quite privileged uh, having a go at people they say are privileged, but they themselves don't even realize how lucky they are that they can live in a country where you can raise the American flag and right next to you, a guy is burning it and you have to accept both. Uh, you can't arbitrarily just uh, throw one in jail because it's an authoritarian society. <laughs> having said that, I feel like they're headed there. So anyway, again, based on, on that the idea that uh, there's 11 million jobs available right now. There are so many uh, uh, you know, businesses and companies needing people to work. 
and there's around 7 million able-bodied men out of work. That, that's frightening. Is that not frightening? That doesn't make sense. Uh, something is a bit uh, amiss there. And some of it, I feel like there's, there's this mentality of what a job is to people. And look, I'll, I'll go back to the old Andy Warhol. Everyone's going to have their 15 minutes of fame. And that's something, you know, from an idea of, of, of something from the 60s. And, uh, you know, we're, we're right in the middle of it. Except, like I say, it's more like everyone gets five minutes of fame because it literally is everybody now. Billions. They want their, they want their shot. And as much as I say to anybody, whatever your dream is, I certainly say go for it. Of course you need to do that. You need to follow your passions. It takes work though. Uh, but I do feel like everyone is focused on, on wanting to be famous. They need those clicks. They need to be liked. And especially, yeah, I'll say the younger generation. Uh, they can't help it because they, they grew up smack dab in the middle of it, you know. Um, maybe Gen X created a lot of this technology, but I think some of us are maybe not into it as much and hopefully that makes us a bit more well balanced not to be so consumed by it but i i don't think they see work as something that they they are obligated to do you know uh any job worth doing is worth doing well i don't even think that sentimentality uh, uh exists in any young person's mind when it comes to a job i think for them it's all about what the job can offer them and and work-life balance again the phrase seems innocent on the surface, but I think it's been abused as well. I think it's more about uh, I can, I need to take as much as I can from the job and not give anything back. Um, so yeah, I think everyone is chasing this. I've got to get on, on TikTok and Twitter and I've got to be famous. That That's the only way. I'm not alive unless my avatar is alive. You know, it really is the the reverse of the matrix. I feel like <laughs> um, a lot of people got the wrong message from that movie that maybe they got in the early 2000s from now. The whole point of, you know, uh, the movie The Matrix is that we were all plugged in as, as humans uh, being used as, as energy <laughs> and batteries, essentially, uh, for the AI and the machine world. Uh, uh, you know, that's the sci-fi part of it. But the other part of it was that how do you, how do you keep a human mind conscious and and functioning uh because it has to believe and perceive it's alive so you know that was the ma the matrix the perceived virtual world um where all of our avatars lived in in the happy world um but again the point of that was the matrix was control <laughs> it was about controlling all of our minds to keep us at bay so that you know the machines could use us for a power supply look I can make analogies in that. That's exactly what sort of a lot of the, the current government wants in, in many ways. They just want you plugged in. They want you as a consumer. They want you as part of the machine. They don't want you as a free thinker. They don't want you living your life. They don't even want you creating a family, which I'll, I'll talk about later, about families versus sort of the, the, the single um, consumer individual. Um, but yeah, it seems like instead of seeing the Matrix as a bad thing, I think a lot of the young generation, they, they leap to the Matrix. They want to get in there. They have to get in there. They are not alive if their virtual presence is not alive. Um, if their persona 
is not getting likes. Um, it gives them anxiety. Uh, and that makes me sad. Um, and if anyone is listening to this and, and you can step back and recognize that, again, I'm not saying it's all bad. Um, there are a lot of people who are getting their voice out there. I'm on here doing a podcast. I enjoy that. I enjoy talking to people. I love getting to know people and getting to know their story and having conversations back and forth. I love a healthy debate, which comes to, on the other end, maybe both of you not always agreeing, but learning something. I love that. So that's why I'm here. That's why a lot of people do that. Maybe you're someone who does have something to sell, whether it's your talent, your music, your voice, a product you've created. All of these, like anything, like the internet itself, like social media itself, it starts off as a positive, like most things do. But, you know, everything is about balance. I do believe that. Everything is about finding the balance and staying in the middle. Because if you tip on one side or the other, that's when you get in trouble. And so, and so yeah, so the good part is, yes, you can connect to others. You could grow your business. You could get your presence online. Maybe you do end up becoming famous and not that fame was your goal. If it was, you know, that's fine too. But maybe, again, your talent brought you fame and that's just a byproduct of it and that's you know that happens and maybe you know the the social platform got you there so of course I'm not knocking all of that again technology is an amazing thing and humans are not gonna stop we're never gonna stop we're always gonna keep um, you know going to the next point and pushing the envelope there but the dark side is is you know just like it was before with fame a very small percentage actually gets there. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If everyone was famous, it would be no fun. It, it wouldn't be unique. It wouldn't be interesting. The ones who are famous, we wouldn't say, oh, oh look at that. That's really cool. Look at them. Uh, it would just be, yeah, whatever. Everyone can sing. Everyone can act. Everyone's talented. Everyone's an amazing dancer. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. Okay, the world is about we are all individuals. We are all different. And that's the amazing, beautiful thing about humanity in general. Nothing wrong with that. The problem is, for all the rest <laughs> um, who are not quite getting there, and they are trying, but they see it as the only way out, the only thing, and they see it as a competitive thing that maybe their friends are getting more likes and they're not, and so they feel like there's something wrong with them. They're, they're missing out, and, and that's their only way that they see to make it in the world. So that's where I'm leading up to this thing about, about jobs. I don't think anyone understands that following your passion and getting a job are often sometimes two different things. Uh, I think everyone wants to just sit back and they want to make it right away. They want success overnight. They don't want to work at it. I'm saying some maybe are, but they're, they feel like it should go faster. Why isn't it coming to me now? Uh, my friend got it. Well, like anything, a lot of times it's all about, you know, uh, uh, lightning strikes. It's all about the right thing at the right time. Um, sometimes a, a, a bit of luck. It's a bit of everything in how someone maybe finds success, hard work, a bit of luck, people they know. It's everything. It's never the one thing. But I feel like young people are so down on themselves and they have to find this fame. And instead of it used to be finding that fame in Hollywood, which again, I'm sure there's many a success and many a tragic story, more tragic than success. Uh, I know, going out to Hollywood, making it out there as an actor or actress, but now, you know, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And again, that's, that's, 
amazing, but also bad in that they have access into something they feel that they have to do and that they're not worth anything if they're not in the virtual world and famous. Uh, and again, it's, it's like anything, it's an addiction. We are all chemical creatures. We have adrenaline and dopamine. We have all these natural chemicals on board that again, usually, hopefully, <laughs> are in balance. Uh, we go up, we go down. We're balanced, we get heightened, we get lowered all without drinking or taking drugs or, uh, or any other stimulants. Um, like anything, um, being revered, being liked, being admired, um, of course it's a drug, come on. You can ask anybody who's an actor or actress or, or a musician on one side of it, yeah, maybe there's the, sort of the curmudgeons who are like, oh yeah, I, I hate it when people like my stuff, yeah, okay. Deep down, Everyone feels that exhilaration when someone is clapping for you on your birthday. Don't you feel good? Everyone's singing to you and it's your day, it's your time. Well, imagine that times a thousand. Magnify that times a million. Being on stage, being famous, being worldwide famous. And yes, of course you get that, that dopamine hit and that adrenaline and it feels good. And when you don't get it and you're expecting it, well, folks, Welcome to addiction. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying everything has a dark side, but I'm saying everything has a logical side. And I'm saddened by a lot of people these days don't want to talk about reality in general. They don't want to talk about truth or logic. They don't want to talk about biology or science. They only want to use it as a weapon, um, but based on nothing, uh, you know? I feel like a lot of people are just, they're creating their own science and math based on bullshit because it backs their narrative. But again, I, I won't get into that. That's a whole other podcast. But so that's, that's the dark side is that everyone thinks the only way to make it and what their idea of working for a living or, or something they have to, have to do for themselves is to uh, be famous. Why aren't they famous? Why aren't they getting those likes? And when they're not, they're feeling down, they're feeling depressed and they're not getting, they're not getting that fix. Uh, you know, they're not getting that drug fix. And frankly, sometimes it leads to actual drugs. But I'm just saying, it's not such a far leap. So again, that's the, that's the dark side of social media. And, and so why are there so many? Seven million people out of work in the U.S. There are guys on job sites, you know, willing to pay double for someone to come out and work on a construction site. Uh, but no one wants to work. So here's, here's where it leads me to, to Twitter. <laughs> so look, Elon Musk, I've talked about in the past. Again, I hope that his, his intentions are what he says, that he wants to make it free and fair. And that means all sides of a subject are considered, okay? I know that it used to be, oh, oh, you're just, it's just a conspiracy theory. What do you mean that, that Twitter is shadow banning, shadow banning people? Well, again, if you're listening to this and you don't believe it, just go on the news and check out the stories, check out the, the files that were leaked. The fact is, is Twitter absolutely was stopping certain narratives and posts because they didn't align with the narrative they wanted. So again, that is deplorable. Tell me you don't think that's deplorable when, again, Twitter at its heart is just meant to be the new town square. 
Maybe someone is standing up there and saying something that you like. The next guy gets up and you think he's an idiot, but both of them get their chance. As long as they are not hurting people, harming you, or persuading you to hurt or harm people, they can say whatever they want. That is freedom. That's pure freedom. Sometimes freedom hurts. Sometimes it doesn't sound right to you, but you can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's freedom. So Twitter in general. I hope Elon Musk does stay on track. And uh, I feel like he's, he's on there a bit too much himself. But anyway, as, as the CEO, that's great that he's involved. But I don't think he has to <laughs> answer uh, uh, back every single tweet and take everyone's bait. I don't know how long that's sustainable. But yeah, Twitter. So assuming that it becomes a free and open platform again for all points of view, uh, well, it wasn't before that, and that's, that's been proven. And there was also this idea, there was a, a, a video put online, and I think this warped people's minds a bit and what they thought a job was. So it was, it was this girl's first day on the job, and she's going around going, oh, Oh, it looks like it'll be a great day. Oh, here's breakfast is provided. And so Twitter was spending millions on actually providing lunch for them. Again, uh, I don't think that's a, uh, an intelligent way to, to run a business. But, you know, the point is, is it didn't seem like a real job. They had all these meditation and breakout spaces and just places to chill. They book a little meeting pod and have a quick Zoom meeting. And, and it just, it showed a really, really cushy, laid back, um, spa. It was like going to a spa, uh, except you were getting paid to go to the spa. I'm not saying they weren't doing their job, but it just, it warped the idea of what some jobs are. Not all jobs are like that. Some are, and that's fine. Some jobs do have those perks. I'll admit. So I've, I've worked in that space in, in IT media development. So you work with developers and coders and, and, and these guys work hard. So yes, our office sort of had that vibe. There's a foosball table and a ping pong table. Of course, there was coffee and treats and stuff. But that also, there's a dark side to that. That's the sort of Google mentality, okay? Don't think that, so Google or Twitter or all of those, they look like a fantasy space, a spa with meditation and breakout areas, and it's all about making sure that you're happy. But remember what they want out of you. <laughs> They'll also work you to death. Uh, no, we didn't work our staff to death, but I do know that they they did work hard and there were expectations. And sometimes they were just caught up sitting there coding and they're there for like eight hours. And so sometimes they needed that break, okay? It was a healthy way to get them to break out of that world staring at that screen um, because it's easy to get lost in that. And a lot of them, um, look, they were passionate about their jobs. So that's, that's the healthy side of it. Um, go play some ping pong go get some food, you know, you need to balance that, that your physical part of your body is going to break down. And that's that whole work-life balance and, and just the workplace now has changed. I have no problems with that. But the Twitter video, again, showed a place where it was just Shangri-La. And I'll be honest, that's fine if that's the work you're getting into and that's the kind of thing you're pursuing. But you can't aim for that as your job. You can't say, oh, that's what I want. I want that. I want that and only that. That's the job. You know, <clears throat> again, there's following your dreams and there's getting a job. Sometimes you have to get a job to get there, okay? Unless you're going to live at home to your 30, which a lot of people do. Um, I don't think that's healthy. But 
there are millions of jobs out there that don't look like that, but it doesn't mean they're not any less important. That's what makes me sad about the warped view of the world today. So you come home, you park your electric car, you plug it in, you flip the light switch on, you go in, pop something in the microwave, go online, order some shoes, order some new piece of tech uh, on your phone, which has a, a battery with cobalt in it uh, and minerals in it to make the battery work, not to mention your, your car, all the minerals it takes to mine to make that battery. All of these things are a miracle. All of these things, you're at home and you're going online complaining about how terrible America is. You're living in the bosom of a miracle. You're living in the bosom of a miracle that hard men and women are out there and they're working their butts off to provide that to you. Oh, oh, but I've got solar. Pal, solar, uh, look, as I've said before, I'm a total tech geek, I'm a Star Trek nerd. I love the future, I can't wait. But I also believe in not pushing it at the behest of, uh, of destroying America or, or making people poor. Solar, yes, it's great, but we're not quite there yet, okay? It's not powering your whole house. It's subsidizing and helping you offset it, maybe sure. But the fact is, is all of that technology, those batteries, the power, everything, it is coming from somewhere. It's coming from an infrastructure. The fiber optic lines for your internet. Some man or woman is out there uh, uh, entrenched in a hole during a thunderstorm and digging in a hole and checking those cables every day. Someone's up on power lines, dangerous power lines, where if he makes the wrong move, move he's zapped and he's dead. There's people out there in mines in these huge pieces of million-dollar machinery, complicated, complex machinery, digging and getting these minerals to make your batteries work. Um, and frankly, not to be mean, most of these are in third worlds, like the Congo. So good luck with feeling good about that. But the point is, is there are plenty of jobs out there that are jobs, and they don't look fancy, okay? They don't look cushy like a spa but they're still important. There are so many trades, and I feel like this is downplayed in America. It makes me sad um, that somehow, if you go for a trade, um, um, you're, you're not smart or something. Well, most of the tradies here in Australia, uh, their houses are quite luxurious, and they're doing quite well. I'm not saying it's all about money, but f if they're raising a family and they wanna do well in their life and do right by their family, well, they're doing just fine. Um, because it's a good job and it's good money. And all those jobs are out there right now. There are engineering and there's machines and welding and, and ships and cargo. And there's the infrastructure of the world that, that people just, they seem to forget. Um, it's that great show of the dirtiest jobs in the world. Everyone should watch those shows and realize what it takes to make your air-conditioned, comfy, you know, electronic world run. It still takes dirty work, hard work, hard labor, and thinking work, and machines, and technology, and it's all out there. So why doesn't anyone want those jobs? Why doesn't anyone want to... I'm not saying it's going to be your dream job, and you know what? You know what? You might be surprised. It might be just that for, for quite a while. You may find it's what you want. You may find camaraderie with the people you work with. You may find the things you're learning and the people skills and the fact that you're learning about these machines and how the world works, all of that is going to help you 
later on if you still have another passion or another dream beyond that. So why aren't people taking those jobs? I don't know, but I do think it's because there's a delusion of what, what a respectable and good job is and that other jobs just aren't cool enough, they aren't visible enough, they aren't popular enough, and they don't look cool on TikTok. Um, you know what looks cool on TikTok? You being proud of yourself and a hard day's work, being proud to come home to yourself and your family, your loved ones, whomever, being part of your community, helping yourself, helping them. That's what feels good. And there's nothing wrong with that. And those are the kind of jobs that are out there. A drill, a hammer, a nail, whatever it is, digging a hole. Um, the world, the cities, look at the city. How, can you imagine what it takes to run the city, every building, all the streets, all the roads, all the asphalt on the roads? Uh, I'm just saying, there is a world that is never going to stop, even if it becomes the, the e-scooter, bicycle, utopia world of, of Kumbaya that everyone seems to want, or, you know, certain people want. Um, there's too many humans in the world and too much desire and need and hunger for things like electricity. And, and again, all the technology, you can put all the windmills and all the solar panels you want up, they're still not the complete answer, and they also still need maintenance. Some guy has to go up there and maintain the windmill. Uh, birds fly into windmills. Uh, that's not a joke. They've had eagles fly into windmills, and it cuts their wing off or cuts them in half. Um, you put up a giant solar field. You've killed every mouse, snake, rodent in the ground, every little, every little creature, every insect. Oh, but you don't care about them because they're not Bambi. They're not cute. They're not a panda. You can't put them on a cover. Uh, the hell with the snakes. The hell with the mice. <laughs> Screw them. Kill them. I'm just saying. It's interesting how it's a point of view. It all depends on how cute the animal is, you know, if you don't mind killing it, you know, for a means to an end. So again, the technology is there, but it's still not quite there to solve all of your power and hunger needs. So look, that's my take on, on why people aren't taking jobs. They're not glamorous enough. The other problem is, and this leads me into the socialism part, yeah, hey, always looks good on paper. Communism looks good on paper. The distribution of wealth, everyone's even. Okay, yeah, that doesn't work. It's proven it doesn't work time and time again. It doesn't work. You work hard for something. Everyone starts at the starting line with the same, the same possibilities. And if you work hard enough to get there and you make it and you make money and you have a home and you're providing for your family, and again, I do, uh, it's nothing against community. I'm for that too. I'm for communities working together and supporting each other. It doesn't always have to be the church, but you know, the church already had those ideas in mind and often did well. And I meant like local churches. I don't mean the Vatican stealing all your money and all the gold. I'm just talking about local communities helping each other, starting with families, hardworking men and women. Uh, but you know, you want socialism? Okay, what that means is the fat cat government, by the way, who are all rich, talk to any socialist who's passionate about it. I'll show you someone who's got money. They've got money. They don't care about money because they have it. It's not a worry to them. They're not worried about ending up on the street. They're not worried about not being able to provide for their family. They, they're happy to redistribute your wealth. The government will decide who they give it to. So again, that's just that part. Why do I think we're kind of headed towards that? Well, COVID didn't help that because there was sort of the payment subsidies, which again, 
I'm not against helping someone and helping them when they're in need. But I'm more about teaching them to fish than giving them the fish. Okay? Again, it's pretty classic, pretty classic saying, whether you want to say, oh, but that's a, that's a religious thing. Well, hey, what can I say? Jesus said some smart, smart shit. <laughs> but, you know, you teach a man to fish, you fed him for a lifetime. So the government, especially the U.S., they love the welfare system. They love to give out handouts. They want to keep you on the hook. Tell me, tell me you can't see that. It's not a conspiracy. It's logical and factual. They want to keep you on the hook. And when that hook, whether it's money or home, whatever they've given you, when you get that for free with doing nothing, well, all humans, I'm not saying all humans are lazy, but we all have the capacity to see the easier way out. And when you get something given to you for nothing, why wouldn't you keep taking it? Why wouldn't you? Of course you would. You'll keep taking it forever. So when the money given to you by the government is more or, or more appealing than going and working for it and getting paid at the end of the day, that's not good. And that's kind of where we're at in some ways, you know, to just sit back and I'm not saying they're all scamming welfare, but even, even legitimately, you know, it's a, it was meant as a way to get back on your feet. Uh, and I don't want to get into the, who are, you to, who are you to talk about it? You haven't lived it. You don't know anybody's life. Nobody should assume anybody's life based on anything, their gender, their color, their religious background, anything, until you've walked a mile in their shoes. White, black, Asian, I don't care. Don't assume what their background is, and what they had to fight for and work for. So the thing is with just handing people money, I don't think that helps them. And I think that's, that's where we're at. And that, that's a socialist mentality. And the other thing is, is now they've got you on the hook. Now they've got the control. It is. It's about control as well. You don't have the control. You don't have your own say. You don't have freedom when you have to go get a handout. God forbid you can't talk against the government. You can now in the U.S., but just wait. It's a fine line. One day, the cancel culture, which is already infected all the way to the top, all the way to the top of the hill, all the way to the White House, when they start saying what you can and can't do, what you can and can't say based on what they perceive as right and wrong, and then they pass it as, as a law that, that there are consequences if you break this, this breach, um, you know, saying the wrong word. And that's another thing I'm leading to, which is, which is the college lie. But yeah, that doesn't quite sound like the America I remember and freedom of speech. If you say the wrong thing or you step out of line, you end up in the brig. Holy shit, I end up in the gulag. Where, where, when did we end up in Russia? What happened here? So that's the thing, you know, the, the whole socialism sounds neat, but it, you know, anyone who's passionate about socialism um, is someone who doesn't need money, uh, who doesn't need to provide for themselves. Um, so the college lie, especially in the U S again, nothing wrong with education. Every day you can educate yourself, read a book, read anything you want, talk to people, learn knowledge. You, you are always learning every day. I believe in that. You should learn something to the day you die. Um, I mean, Hey, it's an easy way to combat Alzheimer's, learn new skills, learn to play a guitar, keep those synapses firing. Nothing against learning and knowledge. That is gold. It is worth its weight in gold. But there's this perception, especially in the U.S., 
that you're nothing unless you go to university or college. And am I someone who went? Yes. Did I work for it? Yes. Um, do I see it as a benefit? For many, yes it is. And for many it's required. If you can go, go. Of course. If you worked for it, you worked for a scholarship, go for it. Whether it was by academics or sports, or maybe you just did have the money. Nothing against that. I'm not going to knock kids whose parents have money. It's not their fault. The parents just want, you know, better for them, especially if their parents started with nothing and they have worked and now they want to send their kid to college. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Of course I'm for that. But here's the thing. There is, again, there's, uh, there's so many jobs in the world and there's so many other things you can do. It doesn't mean that you struck out and your whole life's going to be shit because you didn't go to some top university. Again, it's all about going to some state university. God forbid you go to community college. God forbid you just learn a trade. God forbid you learn a skill or have an apprenticeship. When did these become knocked? These are all of value if they take you where you want to go. If they take you on the path you want to go on, or they get you to a point where maybe later down the road, if you want to get a degree or you want to further your learning, you can. That's the thing about the world. It's all about options. There is no right or wrong. There is no template. But in the U.S., I feel like there's this template that you have to go to college. And if you're someone who wants to learn a trade, um, maybe you're passionate about cars, well, then get into it. Of course, that's a, uh, something that is going to be uh, um, a positive thing and it's going to make you money. That's a practical job. Knowing about engines is practical. It might lead you to something else. You might end up working on hybrids and it'll take you further than you think. But you've got to start somewhere. You have to start with the little things, learning about pistons, learning about basic engineering and engines, moving parts. So, you know, why do people knock that? It always made me sad, like the guys in high school who were in shop. You know, I didn't take shop, but I think I should have. Those guys knew how to work on their own cars. That's a skill. That'll save you money. What's wrong with that? Um, I will tell you a story, and this is something that I never really realized while I was doing it, but... I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do uh, in high school. Uh, I was great at, at English. I was photography, newspaper, all the nerdy stuff, but things that I was passionate about, writing for the newspaper. And then my friend and I, we were passionate about, about you know, movies, just everything about film and movies, uh, but, you know, more about making them and the special effects and the behind the scenes. And it's one thing to just be passionate and think, oh, yeah, one day I'll just be this. One day I'll just work in the movies. Sure, why not? I'll just show up. The, the one good thing that we did, and I'm, I'm happy we did this, we realized you can't just do that. It's not just going to happen. So we took a, a um, <clears throat> television and film production course, and it was new at the time. And it was, even, it was offered at another high school, but we went to it. And the thing I didn't realize is that, you know, television production was wrapped up in, in the vocational industry like anything else. Um, we went to the Vocational Industrial Clubs of America. Again, I didn't really realize that this was really a cool thing. This was working with um, other uh, students and, and other schools, and we would go to these competitions, and there would be chefs there and engineers, and yes, um, uh, people who worked on cars. So it was all the vocational and industrial trade. And I thought, you know what? That makes sense. Television is part of that. Um, you don't go to college to learn about theory of television. You've got to know the practicality of it, the equipment to use, how it all works, how you edit, how you use the camera, 
how you use the, the switcher, how you use all the equipment involved. Without that, how can, you, how can you understand it? How can you go higher up the ladder? How can you climb the ladder of success if you didn't start in an entry-level job? So again, even I went in a direction that I didn't necessarily understand at the time, but realized the value of it. And it was, again, more of a technical trade job that did, you know what? It took me exactly where I wanted to go. Ended up in television production and live television production and video and media. And then after that, as technology advanced, I already had an understanding of the basics. I knew how things worked. Got into IT technology and digital media. And, and again, it took me where I wanted to go, but I had to start somewhere. And it didn't necessarily mean that if I didn't go to college and learn like, you know, feminist, um, bicultural cubism in the 19th century or get some fucking degree that doesn't do shit that I, I wasn't going to be successful. That's the other thing. There's so many degrees that I wish the colleges would just call them what they are, bullshit. Why get some bullshit degree? You know, studying some art history science thing in, in, in the past. Again, if that's going to be your passion, that's great. But some of them come out of that and then they can't get a job. Although there are a lot of jobs that do seem to also, the job titles themselves are bullshit. <laughs> And so they seem to hire the people who have a bullshit degree. Anyway, again, I'm not knocking education of any kind, but there is this mentality that if you don't get a degree, you are already starting on the back foot. And that's sad because yes, if you're a doctor, oh my God, I do hope you, you go to school. And you know, part of that is of course about a rotation and internship and, and learning on the job. That's all part of it too. But of course, there are certain jobs you need to go and learn the specifics of, you know, biochemistry and, and the physicality and, and chemistry and science. Yes. Uh, no, I don't want someone tinkering with my heart if they don't know what they're doing. But there are a lot of jobs, again, that might just have internships and entry-level positions that are of huge value and can take you to the next step. And that's the other thing I want to talk about. No one believes that there's um, a purpose for an entry-level job. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want to start there. Um, you know, my first job was working at a video store. That just seemed pretty normal to me. <laughs> Worked at a video rental place. They don't exist now, but back then, um, that was the thing to go, especially if you like movies. You, you go to the video rental store. Um, but yeah, again, they just want to jump the queue. They want to start at the top. <laughs> they want to start as the boss. They want to come into the job and yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready to lead the team and, and the infrastructure and, and do the business analysis. I mean, Christ, people used to start in the mailroom. Oh my God, I worked in the mailroom at Channel 7. I forgot about that. I mean, hey, it was my foot in the door, especially since I was coming from another country and I had to start from zero again. I knew nobody here in the, in the um, work industry. Anything that I built up in the U.S. was gone. I had to start. I had to pivot and think outside the box. You start in the mailroom. You know, before you know it, then I'm working on live TV shows. I'm working on Australian Open Tennis. I'm working on Dancing with the Stars. I'm in, but it takes time. So yeah, they don't even entry-level jobs anymore. I don't know what happened there. That's just, again, that's such a snobby privilege mentality. They just want to start at the top. You don't start at the top. That Again, it's a warped mentality starting at the top. Um, another thing about college that I wanted to talk about and this is a positive thing. And this was 
when I, when I was uh, in college, it was different, different people and different minds from all over and, and the things you learned and having those discussions with, with the other students and your friends. It was the place where ideas happen, where open ideas are discussed, where ideas aren't, aren't quashed. And that's the thing that I think has become warped that colleges, oh, I feel like again, I don't feel like it, I know, I've seen it. You see it and you hear it directly from the students and the faculty themselves. It is very left-leaning in that if you have another idea or you say the wrong thing, it's very possible you might be ostracized or kicked out uh, or canceled. At college, the place where it is all about free-thinking minds, I thought college was the place where you had debates. I thought it was the place where you challenged your professors and you challenged those around you that you were going to come out and you were going to change the world. But I didn't know it was a preconceived idea that, oh, no, no, it's only on this side, on the left. What the hell? When did that happen? I mean, look, maybe colleges always lean towards sort of a liberal idea, but even, I think, a liberalist mind was always open to ideas, open to changing people's minds, not saying, send this one to jail, shut this down. No free speech on campus. Again, I'm not making this up. You watch the videos. You go on YouTube and watch the videos from the colleges where if someone has an idea that doesn't fit with their narrative, they shut them down. That doesn't sound like a place I want to go. That doesn't sound like a free-thinking, intelligent place I want to go. I don't think intelligent people who... I, 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 again, there's intelligence and there's wisdom. In your 20s, I don't think... I think you're on your way to getting both but you don't have both. And they are two different things, I'm sorry. Uh, you can have the most intelligent person in the room, but in the way of wisdom or people skills or, or knowing the right thing to do or being able to read the room, uh, being able to lead, they could be a buffoon. Sorry, but that's a fact. Sometimes, often, that takes time. Wisdom takes time. Um, most people, as they age, they do become wiser. So, you know... Maybe you should listen to your elders. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but yeah, intelligence and wisdom. And again, freedom of speech and thought and, and open dialogue. When that's no longer the thing at college, there's something wrong. And this leads me to, so uh, Stanford um, released a list of words that you shouldn't say. Based on that, are you already terrified? Does that sound right to you? List of words you shouldn't say. Tell me that doesn't sound freaking fascist right there. God knows that I feel like the wrong people, the people themselves who, you know, and I know people who are very liberal and, and democratic, and again, the ideas that are, they're based on are good, but lately, the things they're saying, they're more authoritarian and, and like a dictatorship. They've turned the U.S. government into a dictatorship. Tell me about it. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, this coming from a free-thinking, open-minded college, words you can't say. And one of them was American. The word American uh, is triggering and not right. In, in what way? You, you should say U.S. citizen. You know what? I'm sorry, but again, and this is like Australia too. America, when someone legally immigrates to America and also, look these up. Look up YouTube videos of immigrants who have worked hard, who have come from a country where they know it was fascist and authoritarian, and they came to America for the American dream. You know what? Most of them 
are absolutely behind America and absolutely behind the word American because they count themselves as one. That's not a demeaning thing. You're American now. You are part of the dream. You're part of the collective. You're part of the same dream that they all have. To work together to have something for yourself, but to also work together for a positive and good, healthy, happy, safe community. What is wrong with that? And if the word American is bad, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm always going to say American. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and it's like the thing with the, the English, English language. You know, America is based on and always has been based on diversity. My God, just look at New York. Look at the diversity and all the different cultures that live. 10 million people all live there from everywhere in one place. And I will never say, I'm never against, of course, everyone's culture. You bring it with you. You keep that going. You keep the traditions going, the language. That's important. You need to do that for your family. But even in America, most signs, maybe they're, they're in English, Spanish, and French. Look, just some of the more predominantly, commonly used languages. Um, but I heard someone say, like, oh, to assume that everyone uh, should speak English is somehow racist or something. Again, I think you're missing the point. In order for a country, a society to function, and that's what America is, to choose a common language, that is an intelligent thing to do. If I was talking about the world of computers, to choose a common computer language is a smart thing to do. You can't use, you know, Java and C plus and DOS, and you can't use a mix mash. It's going to screw it up. You choose that, and you know what that language does? It brings everybody together. I'm not saying you throw out your culture and your language. Of course not. That adds to the mix, and it's not whitewashing it. That that shits me too. Nobody's whitewashing anything. If there's a lot of Italian and Chinese and Mexican restaurants in America, that's because it's all about celebrating all the cultures. You're really missing the point of the melting pot. It's a good thing. It's everybody and everything. And all of that together, and all those languages together, and all those traditions, you know what you are now? You're an American. And if you do speak a common language so you can communicate intelligently, so you don't just have to point at someone, you can't just point and you know, you, you ran a red light, you're crashing into the car, or you're trying to make a business deal or hand them a note. And it helps to be able to have a common communication language. And if that happens to be English, sorry, so be it. It was the first one out of the gate, so it's the one that works. So you stick with it. Should you le learn multiple, multiple languages? <laughs> Everyone should. I think, again, not against that. You should learn multiple languages. That is, again, it enhances your ability to communicate with people. It enhances your skills your language skills, keeps your, your mind alive. But to expect everyone to speak every language, is that logical? It's not logical or feasible. It's not feasible that everyone in America is going to have to learn everybody's language from every single culture, thousands of different languages and dialects. If that's your thing, do it. Go for it. That's fantastic. But to function as a business, and that's what America is, it's, it's a giant business. And people forget that too. If it wasn't, a, it's a business because you're all there to keep America successful. Your family, your community, your city, your state, and the whole country. To be smart with how you do business and how you communicate. And if that's a common language and a common way you communicate, and the words happen to be one that was chosen from the English language, and it keeps you from getting mad at one another or miscommunicating or saying the wrong thing or screwing up a deal, or getting mad and hurting one another because there is a language barrier, 
You know how often language barriers have caused problems and wars? Oh my God. So to have a common language, you see that as a bad thing? You've missed the point. It's a positive thing. It unites everyone together. It brings the country together to work together for a common goal in a positive way. And it's the English language. So get over it. So, so don't give me the list of words I can't use and put American on there. Um, and my last thing was, was families in America versus sort of singles. <clears throat> nothing against singles. Everyone starts out single. Some people end up single. Nothing wrong with that. You know, um, maybe that's by choice or by circumstance. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for a lot of people, the idea is to find someone and maybe create something beyond yourselves, a family. Um, Again, how is that not a positive thing? It is. Again, if that's not your goal, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's, that's fine too. If you're a productive, upstanding member of society, I, I don't care. Good on you. Enjoy. Nothing wrong with that. Everyone has a different, a different path that they're on. But it does seem like the idea of families is, is not really celebrated anymore. And again, especially by the government. Because, and, and think about this, what family is, is... It is growing connections amongst yourself, your own family, your, your children, your loved ones, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, moms and dads. And then again, it extends to your neighbors and your communities. And this, is, this can be seen as strength. And it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. If you have a large family, you have strength in many ways. You have the numbers. You, when you make decisions or you need to work or... Your sons and daughters need to work and help, help support the family and contribute. And then they themselves are successful and they have their own families. And you've created that connection and those bonds. You know, two turns into three, turns into 10, turns into 20. I'm just saying, this is how positive families and connections are created. But again, it seems lately, the current government in, in the US, they're very down on that. They're very down on, on moms and having babies as if that's some sort of demeaning thing, that the only way, and I'm not just saying it's feminist, I think there's a, a true feminist who's actually for woman, women and womanhood. And then there's the feminists who are sort of against it, and I think they want to derail what a woman naturally wants to do. Or, or if they want to have a family, there's nothing wrong with that, for God's sake. Having children, when did this become frowned upon? Like you're, you're a religious nut if you have a bunch of, a bunch of kids. Uh, what's wrong with that? Maybe that they were someone who was an only child and they wanted to grow a family and have a family of their own. You don't know. You don't know their story. But having a family is a positive thing. It, it adds strength to you and the connections you make in that family. And the government, I'll be honest, they don't like that. They don't want that. Uh, sure, they don't mind the kids buying toys. That's part of consumerism. But as a whole, they're more happy on someone who's dependent and a family, a strong family, working unit, whether mom and dad both work, or even if one works and the other doesn't, whoever that is, whomever that is, by the way, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes that's a beneficial thing. Whether mom or dad, someone's staying home with the kids, you know, maybe you're going to homeschool. Nothing wrong with that either. Getting that knowledge directly from your parents. Um, a lot of times there's this, again, this thought that especially with women, you have to work, you have to have this success, you have to do this because if you're just a mom, you're nothing. Oh, that's, that's disgusting. Why would you think that? It's, it's one of the hardest jobs in the world. My God, 
to do that and have a career, yes, doubly hard. And for those that can do it, that is fantastic. You, you've, you've done both. But if you can only do one, there's nothing wrong with that, one or the other. Sometimes some choose a job over family. Nothing wrong with that either. But don't make choosing a family. Don't make them a pariah because they chose their family as their focus. Um, that makes me sad. They're not a failure as a woman or a wife or, or a mother. Um, or men too, if a man stays home as a father. Whoever stays home to help rear the children, especially if you have a lot of them. You know, don't knock that. That's, that's a sad thing. So yeah, families are positive strength and power and community. And the government just wants you as the single consumer. They want you, they want you on the hook. They want you to need the government for everything, to provide them everything. They want the, you to be in the, the social media aspect and they want that to be fed your life. Um, they don't want you to have uh, connections with others. Uh, and, that, and that makes me sad, you know? They enjoy a welfare state because it's about control. Um, single people are possibly, in a way, easier to control with a lot of their views because um, I'm not saying they're anti-family, but they don't get it because they don't have a family. Um, they can reach out to those and they can, I just think they can, they can affect or influence their minds easier when you're just single. You're just a single consumer avatar living in the, in the world, going online, buying shit. <laughs> and um, yeah, just, just being a, a good, good government pawn. But uh, yeah, it's sad. I don't know when families became, became something not to aspire to, to have or to be in. But anyway, those are, those are my thoughts for today. I um, just feel like I had to get those out. And... Um, yeah, you know, the whole thing with, with jobs, which, uh, which I started off talking about, just remember to just, just think outside the box because one day you're going to find you might have to. You might have to pivot left and right into places you never thought. Always just know that the skills you learn in, even just in life, you'd be surprised on where you can take them. And the skills you learned in one particular job, don't discount that you can use them somewhere else. You've just got to stop and think about what those skills are and how do I transfer them over. And if you need more schooling or something, of course, go for it. I would never knock that. But make sure on the other end, it has a purpose. It's the right skills. It's the right apprenticeship. It's the right college course. And that includes all knowledge, community college too, for God's sake. I always thought that was, every movie I've ever seen, community college gets, gets mocked and that's sad because there are so many technical trade schools and technical skills that many kids probably went to in the 90s and they ended up being the ones that are the captains of industry now and technology because they recognized maybe something that wasn't a standard uni you know, degree. They recognized something that they could get immersed in technology and the only way they could do that was maybe at a, a, a trade or a technical school. So just, just don't lock yourself in. There is no template, there is no standard. The only standard to life is, you know, do unto others as you would have done unto you. And just realize that you've got control over practically nothing. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble there. Just try to be smart about the decisions you make because on any given day, you can get hit by a bus. <laughs> I'm just saying. You don't have control over the future, over the next hour or, or anything. As much as you think you do, it's very minimum. So just enjoy your life and, and don't get so stressed if you're not 
you're not online and, and famous. You're not getting a thousand likes every day. Just how about getting those likes from your loved ones and your family to start with? Just making those connections and improving those relationships with, with yourself first um, before you try to get the world to love you because uh, it's a tough gig <laughs> because uh, the world will love you and they'll hate you the next day. You, you got to watch that one. So, so yeah, you don't have control. So let it go. Let it go. Uh, I'm not saying sit on your butt and be lazy, but just don't stress so much about the things you can't control and just focus on the very minimal things that you can and just live each day and, and try to find some happiness and balance. Uh, that's all. always my last sort of um, bit of advice. Everything is about balance. Just find that balance in yourself and in your goals and in your family, and um, I think you'll already be better off. Don't try to make all these New Year's resolutions that you're not going to keep, that you're going to bail by February. Try to keep them small and realistic and just work on the little things. Work on yourself first. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, if you like, definitely uh, subscribe and share. And uh, I'll um, catch you later. See ya.